Welcome to the Sooner Surge, a podcast from SurgeSportsNetwork.com. Here is the entire Sooner Surge team. Brody, Hunter, Jason, Jackson, Jeremy, and Traber. He tells it like it is, and I'm going to tell you like it is right now. All right, welcome back to Sooner Surge. Tonight, we got the whole crew here tonight as we talk about fall camp, guys, talk about all kinds of stuff, getting into recruiting heavily. So before we get started, hit the subscribe button on the video, please. Uh, turn your notifications on, click subscribe, and we will have all the latest videos out to you. So, hey guys, gotta talk about fall camp, 27 days from football. You can feel it in the air, I can feel it outside. The temperature's coming down, it's not 105, it's 97 right now, boys. It's coming down a little bit, and we're getting ready for fall. We're getting ready for football, boys. So fall camp, two, what, three days of practice, what they've had so far, two, I guess, really. And because one didn't really count. So two days of practice, just uh, some, some stuff that you're excited about, guys. Uh, yeah, this of Britt Venables is back. It was back on day two, uh, working with the linebackers, and drills were not being done properly. Uh, Connor Neer, I believe, was on the – the end of it, uh, an F-bomb dropped by BV. Uh, last year, like, the intensity was there, and then as the season progressed, uh, there was no get-back coach. I mean, that's what Britt Minables has been known for now for over 10 years is for his uh, aggressiveness on the field, his uh, pure passion, and it just wasn't there last year. But uh, I know we're only two days into fall camp, but it's already back. Yeah, I've looked at a couple of – just notes and articles on SI and some other things, you know, John Hoover put one out, uh, even Venables and his, the way he's talking about how just his expectations of guys making not the normal plays. He was talking about, we need to make the outstanding plays. There's just a lot in his language, even that you're hearing that may be a little different uh, than last year, I think. Well, also whenever you hear Brent Venables talk, there's so much more confidence in his voice about this year's team. And that's because one, he knows he has a lot more competitive depth. That's a word that's been phrased throughout the summer and up until now. And he just sounds more confident. He knows he has a lot more talent as well. Uh, he now truly is playmakers. As he said, when he met with the media, you had guys like Jaquez Petaway, Austin Stogner and Jaden Gibson that he mentioned or three guys in particular that were making some incredible plays. I know it's only fall, fall camp and there's only so much, but it's nice. And even Brent, Brent Minimals called out Gavin Freeman as the number one wide receiver throughout fall camp so far and throughout the summer. So you can tell that just the confidence is there, and I think that brings a lot more comfortability knowing what's coming into the season. Number. You have a guy like Brent Minimals who knows what the best of the best defenses and offenses look like him being at Clemson. So just to know that he has that confidence gives me, uh, gives me confidence that Oklahoma will have a much more successful year in year two. Well, I mean, when you look at it, Brent Venables has been doing this for a long time. Okay. Any, anybody who's in a position, a job, a long time, they know kind of their routine and how it goes. And you can tell, okay, if you look at any of his past jobs, there ha- he hasn't been hopping around anywhere. At OU and at Clemson there, second year is always a huge jump. And he's not, he's not just confident because of the talent level. Guys, the talent level has shifted tremendously on the defense side of the ball. Anybody who, who looks at OU physically, 
uh, and just look at the recruiting class they had last year, okay, there's five stars. OU hasn't had five stars on defense side of the ball in a long time. There's a few on there, okay? And that's why you see pictures of P.J. Adabari and Peyton Bowen, and you're like, whoa, well, they're five stars. That's what they look like, guys. And Venables, not only with the fact that he's got talent, but he knows what he's done in his past in second years, okay? And he knows that. You put those together, I expect a huge jump on the defensive side of the ball. And that's why I think they're going to have a tremendous season because the offense is always there. I wouldn't say it's like – like last year wasn't just out of this world offensively, but it's good enough to win your championship. I mean, it's it's they score enough points is what I mean. So defense has got to improve, and I think it will make a huge jump. Look, yeah. I was – I was the first to say that last year probably we, – we probably had a little too high expectations, not just for BV, but Schmitty. Schmitty. Uh, Schmidt happens. Schmitty happens, right? Schmitty. It takes two years, though. It takes more than one summer. And I was on the – you know, I was on the side thinking, oh, Schmitty's coming in. These guys are going to get swolled up so quickly. They're going to be so much more physical. You had how many years of Benny Wiley that you had to try to – extinguished out of the system and this year it's different you're actually you're actually not hearing as much about it as you did last year but the gains and everything that you're seeing way ahead of last year's they're just getting to work yeah last year on like defensive line side of the ball i think they had one guy i think that's what todd bates said over 300 pounds uh now they have multiple either over 300 or right in that range within 10 pounds of uh 300 pounds. I feel like it's – I've heard somewhere maybe six or seven that's close to 300 pounds. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I didn't know the exact number. Well. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, Miguel Chavis and uh, Dean Blevins, uh, when he kind of uh, asked him uh, what his bench press is. Uh, that's kind of what was blown uh, out of proportion on that was that remark. Uh, Chavis was actually making a really good point on – this, like Jeremy says, it doesn't happen overnight. Like the year two now with Schmitty is when you're going to be noticing the differences. Uh, and, and that's what the point he was making was. But, you know, everyone on Twitter couldn't believe he told a, a legend such as uh, Dean Blevins what his, uh, asked him what his bench press was. Yeah. yeah and hey, you, we've all seen the videos. I mean, we've watched all the stuff on Twitter this week, practice videos, practice clips. DeJon, DeJon Terry, you, you want to see an SEC defensive lineman? DeJon Terry. I mean, look at the size. Yeah, look at the, in the SEC, but yeah. You, you can – I think we've – I don't know. As an OU fan, we've kind of been prone. I, I'm going to be the first one to admit it, okay? I've always been an SEC kind of basher up until – oh, you decided they're going to go, right? And so uh, now, of course, OU is going to go to the SEC. And you look at it, and it's like, yeah, we were kind of naive to think that OU's defensive front was comparable to some of these SEC. It just wasn't close, guys. Yeah, well, it really wasn't. You're right. Yeah, but one of the reasons, Jay, that, 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 we, that I was like that, you are chasing uh, offenses around the field that are spreading the field. Okay, that's the reason. OU didn't need three hundred pound linemen necessarily. They are going to the SEC now, and that's always been kind of the remark: is 
Well, you know, the SEC, and they're getting more of the spread offense now, but back when that argument was made, it was more of smash-mouth football in the SEC than it is today. Their spreads run, but that's why you couldn't really get – I think – here's what I'm saying. I think OU's getting better defensive linemen recruits because they're going to the SEC. That's one of the main reasons, and they're recruiting. But if they were just going to be staying in the Big 12, it would have been more difficult to get these guys. Yeah, and I think another guy that also helped with OU going to the SEC was a guy that I've heard a lot of positive things about. And maybe someone I was hesitant just because of their age, that mean a true freshman that's going to contribute. But that's a guy in Peyton Bowen. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys heard what George what George Stoya said about him, but he said the dude flo- floats on air and he compared his footwork to Patrick Sertan, who's an all-pro cornerback for the Denver Broncos. So you talk about a dude that is only has a chance to contribute a lot this year. And we heard Brent Minimal say he's working not only at safety, but at the Cheetah too. So you talk about a guy that's super – talented and someone that Brett Venables is putting a lot on his plate as a true freshman because he know the kind of player that he can become. And really over the last few few years, Oklahoma has had some solid safeties, but in my opinion, no one to the caliber of Peyton Bowen at such a young age. Yeah, because none of them were five stars. That's the, Billy Bowman's pretty close. The big difference. Yes, Bowman is up there. Yeah, but what was about- Bookie? What was Bookie? Four star? Oh, Bookie was- he was a five star, but yeah. Hey, yeah. so was Clayton Smith, and we saw what happened with Clayton Smith. Yeah. Uh, Brody, yeah. anything stick out to you from fall camp so far, or do you think? Hey, Jaquez Petaway finna be starting. I agree with that. I agree with that take. Nah, but, I mean, I think the Bro, biggest what? thing – Brody. I think, I think the biggest thing for me is just looking at any practice clip, you can just tell that the sheer size of this team – is a lot different than it has been with teams in the past. And I think that's – and specifically on defense, those guys are bigger than they have been uh, in previous years. Brody, I I love bold takes and hot takes. It's not and a hot been, take. And you, it absolutely yeah. is a hot take. You've been saying this for a while. A take, what kind of – what have you seen from Petaway in the first few days of practice? What have you heard? Because I've heard Gibson's been great. I've heard Gavin Freeman's been great. I've not heard tons. I've heard Petaway's been great. Yep. I was fixing to say that. That's what Brody I, said. I haven't read any quotes or anything about him. So. I said. We must all be reading the same thing then. What what, have you, what what were the comments made about him? I'm asking. Petaway's been one of the best receivers in practice. Clearly, Jeremy, earlier I just said that whenever I was talking about who Brett Venables had studied now as a playmaker, it's been Stogner, Jaden Gibson, and Jaquez Petaway, the three main guys that are catching the ball. There. And Gavin Freeman. Yeah. Gavin Freeman and Petaway play different positions, though. I don't yeah. really think it matters who starts guys at receiver because I think they're going to throw plenty out there. Just to say someone's going to start, I, I think there's going to be so oh. many guys. Rolled, Brennan Thompson's been fighting an injury, okay? He had a, he fought with something, right? He had some kind of a thing, but they talk about his elite speed. I think he's going to get plenty of run, too. Uh, while, while we're on the topics of uh, wide receiver, uh, 27 days away, uh, does OU have a 1,000-yard receiver this year? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this team's going to have two 1,000-yard backs, and I'm going to say they're going to have a couple of receivers close to 1,000, but I think the ball's going to get spread around too much to get a 1,000-yard receiver personally. And I just think I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going back to when Levy was at Ole Miss with Matt Corral, and mm-hmm. – he had two really good backs, 
and they I, I believe they both had over a thousand yards and they had a third one that was had a lot of yards. So yeah. Matt Corral. Oh and then Matt and Matt Corral was one of them that had a lot of rushing yards. Lebby so, has uh, led the SEC in his uh, year at Ole Miss and then last year the Big Twelve in rushing yards uh, each year. That's so. right. But but OU this year has two yeah. The, the two-back system they have is better than what they had last year. With yeah. Barnes and Sawchuck, I think is going to be – I think I'm, – I'm not going to say run, run heavy, but it's – I think their their passing is going to – they're going to get some some long touchdowns because of their run game. So, But I just think it's going to be too spread out among receivers. To, to answer that question, I do agree with you on the running backs. I do think they will get one 1,000-yard receiver. And I can't tell you who that is, but I can tell you right now the two people I'm fairly certain if it's going to be one of them, it's going to be one of those two people, and that's Jalil Farouk and Jaquez Petaway. I think either one of those guys could get the 1,000-yard limit. And I know saying that about Petaway is a little bit crazy, but, I mean, it's not something that can't happen. Like, this, he has elite speed. He can stretch the field. He's someone that if you can get him the ball uh, down the field, big plays, and even if he's not starting – the dude's going to be capable of making big plays and keeping himself on the field. So, who, who is he? Who is he comparable to size wise? Marvin. Give, give the viewers a guy that you pass. Yeah, like I, I would kind of say that, and I believe Mims had a thousand yards as a freshman. Exactly. So then, me right. saying this should not be something that's like, I get that it's a hot take. The one thousand yard, I I get that that's a hot take, and I'm saying it's him or Farouk. I'll acknowledge, <clears throat> I'll acknowledge it. It's a hot take, but it's not something that's never happened before. I. I think Martin Ames had like 800 or something. Yeah. No, he did it as a freshman. It was the COVID year. So that was the year. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but still, I mean, Petaway or Farouk would be my choice. And I think those two guys, along with Drake Stoops and Gavin Freeman, are who I would bet to be Oklahoma's top four wide receivers, not at the beginning of the season necessarily, but later on in the season. But I do agree with Jeremy when he says there's going to be rolling multiple guys out there. Look, Brendan Thompson, his speed, it's not going to stay on the sideline all game. I don't know if it's going to be kick return, punt return, get him in for a reverse, something like that, but he's going to play. Jaden yeah. Gibson, who cannot use a 6'5 wide receiver at the goal line? I mean, like, you you got to utilize that. Nick Anderson, if he's healthy, that guy's going to play. So I know – I know Anthony. Andrew Anthony, that's another one I forgot about. They really liked him this spring. He's going to play. LV Bunkley Shelton, guys, no. they have the ability. He's going to play. Elite route runner. Much, but they're gonna they're gonna roll through all those guys that we just mentioned. And I here's hope another right. one brought wild card, DJ Graham. He might see the field too as well. So there's just so many guys in that room, and I think the first three weeks, particularly, maybe even the first four or five weeks, you're gonna see a lot of those guys. But I think eventually the best players are gonna separate themselves. And in my opinion, that could be any of them. And my best bet is gonna be Jaquez Petaway, Jalil Farouk, Gavin Freeman, and Drake Stoops. I believe that Austin Stogner is a guy that's gotten in the mix because people are too much caught up in who's going to lead the team in receiving yards or who's going to be the starting receivers. Whenever they realize Stogner is going to be there and he's going to take some pressure off these wide receivers and he's going to become, I expect, the big safety valve for Dylan Gabriel this year. Now, I don't know how much – he can do compared to Brayden Willis just due to the athleticism that Brayden Willis has. But I think Stogner has a chance to be top three in the team in receiving yards, and I do think he's going to lead the team in touchdowns. This okay, year. that's what I was just about to bring up. I was going to say, bringing up Stogner, I for certain see him as someone who 
got to be one of the top choices right now if we're predicting who's going to lead the team in receiving touchdowns. So my question to everyone here, I know Jackson just said Austin Stogner. Who do you think is going to lead this team in receiving touchdowns? Hey, before I answer that, I'm going to say something about Stogner. Um, My my only concern about Stogner is the physical blocking side of it. Um, To me, he's always been more of a a pass catcher, right? Uh, So I'm interested to see how he does in the in the in the blocking schemes with this running game. Uh, He may do great. I'm just saying that's something I haven't really seen from Stogner, so I can't really. But it, I, I see Llewellyn being a really good blocker. But anyway. Uh, Aiden McIntyre. Leading the team in touchdowns, I think it's going to be Jalil Farouk's going to lead the team in receiving touchdowns. Uh, do you guys know who led the team in receiving touchdowns last year? Or Stoops. Was it Braden Willis? Yeah, it was it Braden Willis? Yeah. 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 How many? He had seven last year. Mims had six. Uh, I would have to go with Stogner for this year. Uh He's a veteran. Uh, I mean, he's familiar with OU, not necessarily as much of the offense, but last year we saw it. Uh, second in receptions on the team last year was Braden Willis behind Marvin Mims. Uh, both of those guys are gone now for Dylan Gabriel. He's going to – I think he's going to find that uh, – the, like Jack – I think it was Jackson that said it earlier, the safety valve in Austin Sogner. I think he's kind of the quarterback that's going to like to check it down a whole lot to his uh, – tight end and Stogner's just that experienced guy in the middle of the field. Yeah, and that he's also huge. And that helps in the middle of the field and in the red zone as well. You haven't heard a whole lot about Farouk. I'd probably more have to go Farouk, but I'll say that Gavin Freeman will have five touchdowns this year. And guys, yeah. when we're talking about the offense, I mean, I, I, what, what's your number? High, low, uh, what do you think kind of the bar is on points per game? I don't see how they're not scoring 30 points a game. I, I would say 30. Didn't, didn't they average like 34 a game last year and they got shut out in the game? Yeah, they yeah. pretty yeah, high. They shut out against Texas. But if they average 30 a game, guys, I don't see how they're losing. Yeah, they averaged 32.8 last year. And they that again, they won't lose. Here, well, here's the thing. Here's what I think you're going to see from this team this year. I think you're going to see this team – if you look at the last few games, I'm going to bring up specifically Texas Tech. I believe OSU was this way too last year, where they freaking stormrolled the first quarters. And Texas Tech, OSU, they just looked unstoppable. They were rolling. They were fast. I could see them doing that. And then I can see them totally pulling off and just pounding people and slowing it down. And because I think Levy – I do think Levy learned a lesson last year about going fast. You can go fast. That's fine in spots. But I don't – I personally, I don't see how you can do that a whole game and not have some quick three and outs that can hinder you. So so I think it might change a little bit in that aspect. I mean, if you if you remember, our guys, those OSU and Texas Tech games, those first three or four possessions on offense, OU was freaking – it was like a machine. Well, and then all of a sudden they hit – a wall where they go three or four without anything, and then it's like game's tied or something. OSU, I think it was 28 in the first quarter. Yeah, and part of that insane. is like, how many interceptions did Spencer Sanders have? I mean, he had one that Lolulu picked off, and I think he had four the whole game, maybe three in the first quarter. Yeah, I was going to say he had like three or two in the first quarter. I know. Yeah, because Lolulu picked one off and brought it back to the three-yard line, so that was just easy money for yeah. the offense. I do see your point. I see – I don't – 
Jeremy brought up 30 points per game. I think for sure they get that. And I think there's – I would be shocked if they're not in the 40s, honestly. And maybe that's a big take, but look at their schedule, guys. Yeah. Like what team defensively just scares you? Texas was going to have a good defense. That's a game where I think that could be potentially a, a game in the 20s. But then again, you take into consideration – that's the Red River shootout, so it's probably not going to be in the 20s. Then you look at, like, TCU. Is anyone worried about TCU's defense this year? Well, I'm- here's – here. yeah, you're right, Brody, on that. No, but nobody is as worried at TCU's defense. And, I mean, this is, we're 20 minutes into this, and you can bookmark this on the on the YouTube. I don't care how you do it. But, guys, there's two teams that's not on OU's schedule that put fear in anybody's eyes, especially OU, on defense with the defensive-minded coach, and that's there's Kleiman, three. and that's – Baylor's coach. Uh, Iowa State. Uh, Dave Aranda. Dave, yeah, Aranda. Dave Aranda. And you could even say Iowa State, Brody, with Matt Campbell. Yep, and Matt Campbell. Do you know? And that's it's not necessarily Matt Campbell. It's just – it's Iowa State. Like, But I'm saying without K-State and Baylor there, I mean, that's yeah, a no, lot. I, of, I mean. Yep. So, uh, I have a question for you guys, though. How many touchdowns do you think Oklahoma scores this year over 20 yards? Because you think about the speed and the potential explosiveness this team has. Do you, you guys think they score over or under let's go with 15 touchdowns of 20-plus yards this season? What if I say a percentage of their touchdowns coming from? Yeah, that's hard because fit, that's hard. 20, 15 would be more than two a game. Yeah. But I, I, with, I don't know. With that question, percentage-wise, I could see – 50% of their touchdowns coming from 20 yards or further. I mean, because you hey, know that's, that's a high number. Look at Jeff Levy on Twitter. What's the, like, besides dime time, is number one hashtag. Or from far. So, and then, like, we just talked about the wide receiver room. Jeremy said Gavin Freeman, Jaquez Pedway, Brendan Thomas. I can keep going, Andrew Anthony. These guys can stretch the field. And then you look at their running backs. Yeah, that's you know, the Eric, thing. That's Eric the Gray thing. was not a breakaway running Thank back. Thank you. Guess who is? Guess who is? Having yeah. Sacha. Jared Bowen has argued with you on that. Like, oh, all last year I heard it. He was a good no. running back, a really good running back. But yes, he was. he was your home run hitter. But now you got two home run hitters in the backfield. Hey, what on the running backs? Uh, I don't is know. Major not one. I, I don't know if you guys home run uh, hitter. No, he's not a home Pearson, run hitter. Uh, Reggie Pearson at all. Uh, he was talking about a running back that uh, third string probably. Toby uh, Walker. Caleb Hicks. The comp he gave was very interesting to me. I heard it. Jonathan Taylor. And he's talking about, like, the things that he's doing. He's like, Jonathan Taylor was just elite at Wisconsin. Didn't Reggie Pearson play with him? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what's so interesting. He was talking about how Caleb will, like, kind of be stopped and then somehow get out of it. Like, it's weird. That's an interesting thing. Obviously, the carries – aren't going to necessarily be there this year when you have Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuck in year two of the system. But as a third string option, uh, you got to really like what you have. In Caleb. Well, well, and look at his, look at his body type. That's not a true freshman. And yeah. Pearson even said that he's yeah. not, no, he's just, he's swole. He said, I well, think and he returned kicks. Probably. I mean, BV and his intro, like when he's, talked about each recruit signing day, he was like, man, I would love Caleb Hicks to be a linebacker, like just that type of stuff. But, I mean, I think your your top three running backs are going to be Barnes, Sawchuck, and Hicks. And I think Hicks will see probably a decent amount of carries. I mean, not not too, too crazy, but at least you can bring him in and he's a little bit of a change of pace or maybe like a goal linebacker or something like that. And, you know, it could be interesting to see how they use him, but I think he's someone who definitely has a bright future. And hey. this, this is, again, this is a – 
group of three running backs that we're talking about right now, this is going to be their top three. Really? There's like five running backs that I would consider that could yeah, Yes, but my point is you have Barnes, Sawchuck, and yeah. Hicks, if that's the top three. And we've heard right. coming in. Oh, and also, like, there's been salt things said about Tommy Walker. And don't forget about Marcus Major because that dude can blast onto the scene anytime. I'm sure you'll hear about him in fall camp. But my point is you have Barnes, Sawchuck, and Hicks, who we're saying right now that's the top three running backs. And we feel we all feel really good about that. Guess what? That's going to be the same top three running backs next year. So I think that's something important to remember is, Jeremy, why would you make that face? You don't think there's a chance someone takes Hicks' spot at all? I mean, I would would take him starting as a freshman. Uh, well, we're talking about Hicks as a freshman. Getting, I, I was just, Hicks the number one running back in the country. See, the problem with Taylor Tatum though is he's not enrolling early. He's going to play. Yeah, I know that, that's going to hurt him. I'm just saying you can't count him out. You can't count him out. But uh, my point is, these guys are all three back, and these guys are all three going to have this full year of playing experience, another year with Schmitty, and another year under Demarco Murray, and then you go into the SEC. You got to feel great about what Demarco's done with the running back. Hey, hey I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I I'm saying Salchuk. That's my opinion. But who do you think leads this team in rushing? I'm saying Salchuk. Yards would be Salchuk, in my opinion. That's just what I'm saying. He is that home run hitter. The, the only Just issue Barnes. Javante Barnes for this year is he missed a lot of time with the foot injury yeah. uh, in the offseason. So I think Salchuk's going to get the advantage early on. Of, I mean, there's still 1A, 1B. Uh, this Barnes is a leading Barnes is 1A. Duo. Uh, Barnes is Peterson, Peterson-esque. I, I, yeah. He's kind of got that frame. He's hey. not nearly as fast as Peterson. Don't compare him to Adrian Peterson. Please. He's not as fast. Okay, well, he's pretty not fast. Him. He's got breakaway speed. He's faster hey, than Eric Gray was. Jeremy, Jeremy oh who, was the, who was the last player that was compared to Adrian Peterson? Are you, are you doing this right now, Jeremy? I didn't compare him. I said he's yeah, got the did. frame. The frame. Okay. His okay. running style, he runs straight up and down. Okay, but he's not – his speed isn't Adrian Peterson. I don't I don't know what Peterson's speed was or what Barnes' speed is. I, uh, I, I kind of want to transition here for a second because okay. – I want to transition for a second because we've talked a lot about Jackson's favorite word, competitive depth, and we've kind of listed out all these possibilities of guys that can play. And I want to bring the NIL into this a little bit because I, I've been very critical of – just college sports and the NIL, but that is the – if you want to say the one reason people can have depth, I hate this. It's, it's NIL because guys may be third string and getting a buttload of money and they're going to be more apt to stay. Jeremy, you, know you know what else it is? It's your favorite word, culture. That's also a part of it. Well, it is, but I'm saying with the NIL, I could be a third stringer getting maybe 75 grand and be perfectly content. I mean, or you could just be throwing like 700K at some defensive linemen, too. No, I wouldn't be. I'm saying that I do think that helps with competitive depth and the culture. You're right. They haven't had this chance to have this much depth, and we haven't even hit on defensive depth, but they're just loaded on depth on both sides of the ball, probably more so on defense. Biggest, hey, before we transition out of it, biggest concern for this year for the Sooners. The O line. Hunter? Yep. I I guess I'm gonna go with the defense. Uh only on the fact of I, I'm not saying that it's not gonna be better. It should be drastically better.
to where we're talking about a top defense, a top 25 defense at the bare minimum at the end of this year. It's just – wow. what, what, what would you say? Well, I would say like – I would go like the 30 to 40 range. That's where I would okay. uh, I, I'm just saying we have to see it. Uh, off season, everything is great right now. But, again, uh, until we see it on September 2nd, which it's Arkansas State, so, really, until we see it on October 7th, uh, it doesn't matter until then. Uh, it, it has to be better this year. I think it will be. But uh, from really just top to bottom, this team has on paper everything they need to be a, an 11, a 12 win team. That's the expectation when you look at this team on paper. And they have the schedule. Yeah. Can I change my answer? I have a good answer, yeah. Yeah, what's your The kicking game. That was going to be mine. Special teams kicking. I, I didn't even think of that. I would have probably just said the kicking that. game. I was going to say. Didn't Luke Elzinga get put on a watch list? Just because he plays for OU, probably. Hey, everyone's on that watch list, dude. Yeah, I, I've seen like there's there was I can't remember what school it was. It was some school. I think it was like quarterback. They had like three of them listed. Like how how do you have three listed on your watch list? Probably like Florida or someone. Like I got that. no clue. Yeah. August, you don't know who your starting quarterback is yet? Like, come on. I got no clue who the kicker's going to be, and I got no clue who the punter – I mean, is the punter going to be? Blaster's probably going to be punting. What about Luke Elzinga? Yeah. Elzinga. Yeah, you look at kicker and you got Schmidt, Freeman, and Reddy. Like, those, that's three dudes right there. That yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. If you're, if you're watching this, drop your answer in the comments. Love to know from the viewers as far you as – You didn't answer. I – I said O line. Wait, who's Freeman? Do you mean Gavin Marshall? I think he means Marshall. Okay. Did I yeah. say Freeman? Yeah, yeah. Drop, drop your answer in the comments. What's the biggest concern for you as an OU fan for Oklahoma this year season? Uh, put it in there, please. Love to see it. You guys, want to transition into baseball? Uh, Let's do big, it. Big past uh, twenty-four hours. Uh, getting Michael Snyder, that was made official. Uh, it kind of happened, I think, on Friday. Uh, third baseman from Washington batted in the 260s last year, I think 11 bombs over the course of his career, uh, 18 home runs, 74 or 84 RBIs, uh, big-time power bat that's really uh, – I'm interested to see what this means for the lineup going forward because uh, – Snyder's not coming to OU as a grad transfer unless he's going to play. He knows he's going to play. And that That's a get. I really thought we were done in the portal this year. Uh, they've had a really good portal class, and then now you add him in it. Uh, the regional, Washington, Dallas Baptist, uh, he hit one out of O'Braid in Stillwater and hit somebody's car. I mean, just a moonshot. Uh, has some serious pop. Now it means uh, either Rocco – Garza Gongora or Jackson Willits maybe will uh, not be in the lineup every day. Willits is interesting. Uh, his dad's the coach. He's one of the best high school players I've seen in Oklahoma playing yeah. b-ball at Fort Cobb Broxton. Uh, I think he would start as a freshman. He's just that good. It's going to be hard for them to keep him off in the field. And then Rocco, uh, he was almost a 300 hitter, I think it was his average last year. Uh Going into year two in the offense, uh, he should improve. So it's going to be interesting. You have uh, Carter Frederick that transferred in. He's another big-time Juco bat. They're really just putting together a 
a very good roster. Uh, the pitching has been improved to where it should be much better than it was last year. And then today, another commit in Mason Murphy, uh, 2025 guy, 6'5 pitcher. Uh, his dad is a former NFL guy, Matt Murphy, played college football at Maryland and played for, I think, the Texans. Yeah, he did. He career, career. So this is a 6'5 pitcher with a whole uh, lot of upside. PBR Texas is huge on them. Uh, usually they're kind of – PBR is a little more prone to wait until guys are approaching their senior year. So when they're already on them, when he's approaching his junior year – uh, it's a really good site. I'm really excited for the future of Oklahoma baseball. Uh, Skip Johnson's really putting together a roster that can go deep into the postseason next year. Look, if, if they're not if they're not way lay better than they were last year, if they're not just far far and away better than they were last year, there's something wrong. Oh, and yes, no, they should be way better than they were last year. They made the NCAA tournament this this yeah, year. Last year they made the tournament. Like that's a big. I, but I get what he's saying. Look, I think compared to the season, they're going to be way better this year. Oh, so you're saying that they have to go to Omaha this year? Compare the rosters, though. Yeah. This team should be better. Yeah, far and away better. Hey, yeah. and I'm going to say what I did about OU with the D line. Uh, part of the reason they're able to get these guys going to the SEC in the year is a massive difference in baseball. And I think it helps getting guys. It helped with Taylor Tatum. And my thing is, for OU baseball, to me, it kind of seems like it comes down to the pitching. Because last year, who was the guy you could count on? There was one guy, Brandon Carmichael, in my opinion. Doubt that was very inconsistent. Out of the bullpen, like Will Karsten. And he was good at the end of the year a little bit. And then you had um, Carter Campbell, who was pretty good. He's back, right? I think he is. He might not be. I'm not sure on that. Uh, I don't know if he ended up signing or uh, after the draft. But, like, as far as the hitting lineup, like, you return pretty much your whole core of guys out there. Yeah, the, the lineup is really pretty much the same. Uh, you lose Dakota Harris and Wallace Clark. Uh, that's about it. You replace them with uh, Carter Frederick, a 400 hitter in Juco ball. And now Michael Snyder, a power hitter from Washington. And then you still have Rocco Garza-Gongora, Easton Carmichael, very well could be the best catcher in the country. He was only a freshman last year. Led the team in triples, too, I believe, as a, a catcher that's kind of unheard of. To say, though, that the, like, the expectation should be Omaha, that's wild because I don't think we would uh, ever say, like, about a basketball team, the expectations of the Elite Eight. I, I'm saying they should be or, a lot better than last year. Yeah. I agree. I'm saying super, super regional would be the would be a, a great – And I think that's what Jeremy was saying, too. Just look at the – I'm rest. not saying Omaha. I'm just talking about during the season, we should be way better. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to peak when it's close to the NCAA tournament and all that and maybe squeeze in. But I'm talking about just they should be light years ahead and way better during the season than they were last year. Yeah, this year is a big year on – you're going to the SEC next year. Uh, I think as fans, a lot of people are not aware on what this means. Like, SEC baseball, they do not mess around. The NIL there is comparative to NIL in most football programs. And that's just for baseball. Look at what LSU no. – Yes, yes, Jay. 
Yes. It, Hunter, it absolutely is. Look at LSU, Hunter. Jay. Look at LSU, Jay. Hunter. You didn't watch baseball. You got bored with the best college World Series we've ever had, and you got bored. You wouldn't even watch it. I don't want to hear it. Very boring final game. Okay, now listen. Very boring. They beat the brakes off of them. You're boring. You're the whole time waiting I'll, for the best pitcher in college baseball history. You are getting cooked at this You closed out the game. That's I agree. Boring. That's entertaining, dude. Hey, Hunter, I'm I, I'm responding to your 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 take with SEC baseball NLL is comparable to SEC football NIL. I didn't say SEC. I said the average football program. Obviously, the numbers for football are going to be bigger, but really, well, if you average all of all of football, okay, maybe. Hey, uh, your your school like uh. What what's the school? Give me a Nebraska. Like, I get what he's saying. His point, his point makes a ton of sense. Like what I'm saying is, like you literally got the best college piss pitcher the game has ever seen through the portal this last year. Tommy Tanks, that's another guy. He came from NC State, a college baseball powerhouse, transferred to LSU. They were throwing bags at these guys. That's how LSU put together a championship team. But to they me, with that NIL comment, the way I see what you're saying is you look at the Big 12 NIL in football compared to the SEC NIL in football. That is very comparative to how the Big yeah. 12 baseball NIL is compared to the SEC baseball NIL. Like, they're both different in both conferences. Uh, I have a – where does OU's transfer portal class in baseball rank nationally? I, I, I don't know. There's It's hard to – pretty much on – Class. They don't rank those. Uh, you have to pay like $30 a month for D1. Hmm. And even then, I don't think they really rank them. They kind of rank uh, the players. Uh, they got a few top 100 guys, one of the top Juco guys. Uh, they, Kendall Rogers, the uh, publisher at D1, has really raved on Twitter and on D1 as well about what OU has done through the portal that they've improved in the areas that they've needed to improve in. Uh, this year is huge because you're going to the SEC. Uh, the transfer portal is going to continue to be a thing in sports until, I mean, probably forever. It's honestly too late for them to kind of make changes to it at this point. And it doesn't yeah. seem like they will at any point. So you're going to, if you don't have a good year, you're not going to be able to, get a good portal class going into the SEC. And if if you have to go to the, the portal route uh, going into the SEC and you're not getting a good class, it's going to be a rough year. Like Ole Miss won the national championship only a year ago. They won, Fluke. I think, Fluke. It was a great roster, Jay. They Dude, were the last I, team to get in, Hunter, were they not? Yeah, but it, that that's uh, – again, thank you for hot. telling me. They got very they, hot. No, no, no. Yeah, thank you did. for telling how good the Hunter. SEC is, dude. Hunter. The SEC, almost every team makes it, dude. Okay, but Hunter. If a team gets question. hot, that's a fluke. Hunter, answer oh. this question for me. Were they the last team to get into the regionals? Yes, they were the last team. Okay, to make and so they they didn't have a great regular season. That's that's my answer. Uh, they play in the SEC, and they doesn't didn't matter. That Gee, doesn't matter. How is it a fluke because a team got hot? They won the championship, didn't they? They did. I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. What I'm saying is it's a, it was a fluke as far as 
them winning a national title because they did get very hot. To me, that's yeah. comparable to like a, a college basketball team that was exactly. one of the last teams to get in that got hot. If OU, if OU in basketball was number eight in the Big 12, the best basketball conference by far, and they won the NCAA tournament, people would be saying, wow, OU, man, they got They're hot They're not the, the right best time. team. Exactly. What, yeah, were I, they the best team, Ole Miss? In regular season, no. Were they the best team in were baseball? Were they the best team in baseball? They held their own in the conference. It's a very tough conference, and they had a good conference schedule. Well, uh, hey. Here, yeah, how you can say that. Uh, here's Last year, I think eight of the hosts uh, for regionals were SEC teams. Maybe ten. I can't remember. Oh, them. SEC's, SEC's loaded them, basically. SEC's loaded. Hey, and the theme of the night is much improved, okay? OU football is going to be much improved. OU baseball, much improved. OU softball, much improved. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how you can say that. See, I, I don't know how much more OU softball can improve, but yes, they're going to improve. They have, imp- have they improved their roster to the portal? Yeah, 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 they have. Because Oklahoma basketball much improved. We're going to get to that in a second. Before that, that's to me, that's the question mark. Uh, <sighs> I know Brody. Oh, it's true, Brody. It's true. It's true. Hey, it's I'm the question mark. Here. But let's talk about softball really quickly. There's not a lot to hash out here. They replace the girls they lose out of the portal with probably, if not better, it's, I mean, it's comparable to what they had, probably better in my opinion. Maybe you don't have the dog like Jordy Ball was, uh, clutch that person. That is not the word. It, it's comparable, yes. Uh, Jordy Ball is probably the best pitcher in college softball. Mm-hmm. For sure, top two. That's not an argument. Kelly Maxwell is very, very good, an elite college pitcher, but – not Jordy Ball in that sense. Okay, but you lose Jocelyn Erickson, and you got these freshmen coming in, I think, that yeah. are just as good as her. The, the entire uh, the movement in the portal for OU, everyone they brought in in the pitching department. Uh, last night we talked about it on that uh, Evil Empire video we did on kind of how uh, legends adapt. I mean, Patty Gasso is the GOAT, the legend, uh, arguably the greatest coach of all time in all sports. Uh Adapt and Jay mentioned it. I think Jeremy did as well. On the the uh, approach to the game might be changed now because of the depth they have in the pitching room. Uh, softball, you're not using uh, like a a mid reliever and then a closer and everything like you do in baseball. It's just your starter and maybe somebody else. But a lot of times your starter goes all seven innings or very close to it, and now. You see with what OU has, they have six uh, ace pitchers almost, like really, really good pitchers. All six of those women can be starters or can be the ace on any other team. And now they're on one team, so you're going to kind of see a a different uh, style used for them where you're going to have a few innings for one, a few innings for another, and then someone maybe close it out possibly. Can't have injuries. Uh, main thing, main thing for this team next year is you can't have injuries in a couple positions. You yeah. cannot lose. Hey. You cannot lose Hanson behind the plate. That that is a game changer. You lose Hanson behind the plate. You lose Jada out in center field. Those are the two positions, in my opinion, that I say are the the most valuable uh, positions down the middle. Jada Coleman, Kenzie Hanson. That, is, that is the difference I think for this coming year's team compared to last year. Is like even if like last year they kind of had a a really good backup catcher, someone that could honestly hold down 
there this year. We're unsure about it. It's well, uh, they got the transfer. Herman, I believe. Uh, right Love them. Um, yeah. 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 But here's the thing, Jeremy, you didn't mention Tiara Jeans in that, and she's a huge – And but you can't lose her. But to me, I have a question for our viewers here. Put it in the comments. Drop, drop the answer in the comments. When will OU lose their first home game at Love Field? Will not it be this year? Not next season. Will it is be this year? Out yet or no? no? Not out. I don't think it's. I haven't seen it yet. They will won't lose a home game next season. Jeremy, you don't think they'll lose a game? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, uh, Jeremy uh, might be getting. A hey, you know what? Uh, they may I, go. Uh, they may actually shut every opponent out with these six six-headed monsters. They won't shut everyone out, but I don't. But I don't think they will lose a game. I will agree with Jeremy on that. What are you so drinking? Is that what are you it's drinking? It's a Red Bull. It's a oh, Red, Red Bull at, at nine okay, o'clock. Okay, making at night. sure. Just making hey, sure. Hey, guys. So we we we've kind of nailed it tonight with OU football theme much improved. Baseball much improved. Softball even improved somehow, some way. That's what they do. They're always on the up and up. And now we have the sport of OU basketball. Much what improved. What? Much improved. One that and my I'm gonna turn it over to you in a second, bro. I'm just gonna give my opening thoughts and let you go to work here. Uh I think the roster is much improved. It can't be uh worse because Tanner Groves is not on this roster. They are they are much improved. Well they also the area that concerns me still is I'm gonna say is I'm not sure staff wise we're much improved. Yeah, and you make a good point about staff because, one, you're right. The roster is much improved. It's not even close. Any uh, area that you said last season, they weren't athletic and they couldn't shoot. Like, let, let's put it that simple. That That's where they struggled. They – Porter Moser hit a home run in both those aspects. He got athleticism and he got – Who are the shooters? Because I, I the know shooters. the athleticism is bad. Who are the shooters? Yeah, J.V. McCollum and – Milo's using shot 40% last year, but he's got to get more shots and he's got to be more aggressive shooting. But I'm sure that he can shoot the ball. I just need to see that at a higher volume. So I'd kind of put an asterisk by him because that 40%, he didn't shoot too much. Luke Norweather, Moser said he's actually the second best shooter on the team. And we knew coming out of high school that he was someone who could hit the pick and pop. So he's going to be one there. Latrey Darthard is a very solid shooter. He's not necessarily a Great shooter. And then they added Max Klanschek, which I don't know how often he'll play, but he can shoot the ball. They've got a lot of guys who can really hit the three. Javian McCollum is the one who's going to go out there and hit five threes in one game. He's the one who's really going to fill it up. And I think Yuzan can do that as well. But, I mean, to me, hearing Porter Moser talk up Luke Norweather's shooting abilities is very good to hear. But, uh, yeah, I think Jalen Moore is also one to watch his shooting ability because I'm not going to say – he shot 11% from three last year. Not good. But he only attempted like 11 threes. His form, it's there. But the volume is not there. His form is there. It's a good It's a good form. But I, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't put him in as a shooter whatsoever. But I do think he's going to be a guy who can hit the three. And I think he could be one of Oklahoma's best players. But you mentioned the staff. that, And I think the, you look at it prior to about two weeks ago, the staff was another – much improved because you brought in Armand Gates to fill the void of an assistant coach spot that was really left open. You bring in Brock Morris, who's experienced, was yeah. an assistant coach for Ole Miss last year, has tons of recruiting connections, and now you've got him in the player development role. 
But then you lose Emmanuel Dildy, which, again, there's really nothing you can do about that. It's Duke, but that does hurt. It's Emmanuel Dildy, one of the best assistant coaches. So how do you replace him? Well, a few of the names out there, you got Benny Seltzer, which anyone who was a long time That's what I want. in the Kelvin Sampson era, era, Benny Seltzer, he was, I think, here for six years at Norman. So, And he coached – he was under Porter Moser. So that's the common theme. All these candidates you're going to see, they were under Moser in the past. Moser wants to bring someone in who can have longevity at Oklahoma, an assistant who's not going to leave in the next few years, which – Anytime they've had one leaving, it's been for upgraded positions, but I do agree with what he's doing with getting someone who can be here for a while, recruit for a while, coach for a while. Benny Seltzer, being that he coached at Oklahoma, he would fit that, and you'd imagine he'd be able to bring that. He wants someone who can recruit and just a good coach who's coached under him. Benny Seltzer's one, and another one is going to be Jermaine Kimbrough. Out at, he's at Arizona State right now. He's their associate head coach. He's also a, he's a very young and up-and-coming coach. Um, so I'd watch him. Uh, there's another one. He's actually a head coach right now. Um, Brian Mullins, I wouldn't put too much stock there. That one that one would kind of be like a that's, – that's a wild card. I mean, that's a rare addition. But then there's also one more. And this guy was on staff last year. And this guy is probably who I'd say is maybe the favorite to get to be the assistant coach next year. And that's Clayton Custer. Yeah. He was on staff last year. And a lot of people, they're not going to know too much about him because he's never had an assistant coach job up until he got hired at Loyola this offseason. He hasn't coached a game there. He got the assistant coach job. He was at the player development role for Oklahoma. He was the best player on the team that Porter Moser took to the Final Four. So he's played in Moser's system, and he's coached in it. He's a guy who, Milos Yuzan, Otego away, any of those guys who return have great relationship with Clayton Custer. And he's been great on the recruiting trail for Oklahoma in a player development role. So to me, the two biggest names to watch are one, Benny Seltzer, and two, Clayton Custer. And I don't know about Clayton Custer because it's a lot when a guy's from Chicago and played at Loyola for four years and gets the opportunity at Loyola. So I don't know yeah. how – yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a Benny Seltzer uh, believer. I, I hope it's Benny Seltzer uh, yeah. just because of the loyalty that really he had under Kelvin Sampson. And you talk about player relationships, Benny Seltzer is that guy, uh, along with high expectations and other things. I hope Benny Seltzer, he's more proven than Custer. Uh, that's that's one thing. And and how long till, you know, I think he's a guy that would stay a while. Where I do too, because he's already been at Oklahoma for a while. Yeah, I mean, he, he could retire here. And But my, going back to what you said earlier, I got 11%, but his form is good. Look, Shaquille O'Neal's form was okay. My golf swing's pretty doggone good. I'm not – Jack's my golf swing is pretty not, doggone freaking good, but I'm not a good golfer. Jeremy, you don't that's have good form at 11. percent I mean, Jeremy, I don't have good form at 11. percent Jeremy, Jalen Moore last season attempted a total of 35 three-point shots, and he did not make that many of them. But 11. Yeah, 11. percent But guess what? You can have it. Like his form, it's not great. Like I, I might have said great. Poor wording on my part, but it is a form where it's not a bad form at all. This is a guy. What's eleven percent of thirty-five, Brody? Huh? Four. What? He, he made, made four out of thirty-five shots. Thirty-five is not much at all, and I don't know. He's why. not a three-point shooter. That's uh, that doesn't matter. The clip. That's awful. Four out of thirty-five. I don't want him shooting threes. Oh, here's the thing. But you, you're is McCall going to be better than Sharpfield? It's impossible to fix a jump shot. It's impossible. Is McCall going to be better than Sharpfield? 
Yes. McCollum? Yes. It, it won't even be close. McCollum is much faster, much more athletic, and a better shooter. Then he should best, be a first-team Big 12 guy, I would say. Easily. Oh, he could be a lottery pick next year. I've seen people list him in their big boards. And I've said, I mean, the biggest challenge for Moser going into next year, ask me what I think the starting lineup will be. I'd say Milos Yuzan, Otega Owe, JV McCollum, Jayla Moore, John Hughley. All five of those players can return. That is the ideal hey. scenario for them heading into the SEC. Well, actually – Two of those players, at minimum – are going to have opportunities in the NBA draft, and I'd be shocked if each don't test it. So Moser's going to have to return them. But, I mean, Uzan should be much better. McCollum is going to be a guy who – there's guys who scout the NBA that have said he might be the best point guard in college basketball next year. Which, to me, it's a bit crazy to say that, but still, you got to recognize that he's a very talented player. Well, yeah, uh, I was going to say that I've seen a lot of stuff on JV on McCollum, especially recently on Twitter, I know – like, I've seen some guys that scout the NBA that have him labeled as a top 20 prospect going into the draft. So you talk about a guy that has a very high ceiling, and I hope that because really the last elite guard Oklahoma had was Trey Young. Well, actually, I would say I would say Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. Yeah, that's what I would say. But, and- I, but I think that if he – that Oklahoma – if finally we all been saying we need to give Moser two years to get his guys, two years to get a system, all this, this is his year because if this year is not successful, I don't expect Porter Moser well, to be in the next Look, year. Moser has brought in his guys. His first actual recruiting class was last year. And look how good Yuzan and Owe turned out. Yeah. And now you bring in Kane Cooper, who's the best recruit Moser's gotten so far, and the best recruit that's came to Oklahoma since Trey Young. As, as far as freshman rankings, that is true. And, I mean – Caden Cooper is just has the potential to be one of the best players to come out of Oklahoma. So Moser has brought in four straight top 100 players. Four straight. Don't top forget. Players. Don't forget. Dalton Forsythe. Forsyth made it too. Dayton Forsythe last year or this upcoming year's cycle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he is criminally underrated. Criminally. Here's another thing, and Jeremy, I give it to you. You've been saying it while Moser's style of offense might be efficient it doesn't work in the big 12 and we've seen that and that's why i think the biggest thing for moser has been what he's doing is just changing the offense and not playing that slow paced look for the best shot offense where you're pick and pop pick and pop pick and pop even if you are picking and popping you're still not the, the tempo is not there so they put an emphasis on bringing in guys who can play with tempo and have played with tempo Thank you. and then they put an emphasis on like look Look at the athletes on this team. Otega Owe, Caden Cooper, Jalen Moore. Just let them go out there and run. Let them play great defense and let them play fast breaks. Let the guys just play free, take good shots, take threes, all that. Fast tempo. And that's what Moser's doing this year. And that's what I think, honestly, is going to be the biggest difference between this team's success and last year's success. Here's here's the di- here's the difference. Here's a big difference. They actually we, have more talent. Well, we've talked about trends on this podcast. Okay. Football, they're going to the SEC, way better. Baseball, SEC, way better. Softball, SEC, way better. Basketball, OU's glad they're leaving the Big 12, let me tell you, because the Big 12's getting ready to be a monster in basketball. And for OU, if it's already a monster. If Porter Moser can make the tournament this year and get out of this year, I I think he's going to have a tremendous success in the SEC. I really do. But but the, if he can get by this year, because I'm telling you, that new conference that they're putting together for basketball, 
the Big 12 is going to be well, by far and away the best conference. You have to think close. about just the purely top two teams they're adding is Houston, who's coming in this upcoming year, and Arizona. That's well, elite basketball that, program. Well, don't forget UConn they're trying to add. Just yeah. My thing with Moser's, I mean, he's building this the way you have to build it if you want to go to a Final Four. And that's, in my opinion, look at UConn last year. They didn't, they didn't win the national championship by winning the portal or winning all that. They won it by keeping guys, keeping a core group of guys over the course of three, four years. And then that third, fourth year, right. that's when you have your peak year. Look at like Kansas, like Ochai Abaji, Jalen Wilson. Those guys weren't transfers. Christian that's Brown. How, transfer. That's how Porter did it at Loyola too. Look, yeah, we, we, we've heard viewers. We were on uh, Twitter spaces during the season last year. Even someone from Loyola said, you just got to give them time. I'll, you can timestamp this at 56-28. I, I give Porter Moser credit for changing his offense. I mean, it'd be like me going and trying to get people to come to my whatever. Uh, hey, come watch this, and it's trash that you're putting out there. How would, He was trying to get fill the, the stands at Lloyd Noble with what he was throwing out there. Now he's got some talent. He's got athleticism. They're going to be dunking all over the place. A little easier to go to the students and say, hey, show up. He doesn't have to buy 50,000 pizzas. He might be able to get him there just with the product he puts on the field, on the court. So I give him credit. Now, guys, we're about out of time. Let's get some Sooner shout-outs in the last three minutes here, okay? I'll start with my Sooner shout-out, Baker Mayfield. I think you're going to see a revived, renewed Baker Mayfield. You've heard Godwin and some of these other guys say, you know, he's a, a joy to be around. I think we're going to get a little bit of the old Baker this year. Shout-out to Baker Mayfield. Yep. Uh, my sooner shout out goes actually to a guy who was never an athlete at Oklahoma, but he covers Oklahoma athletics in Parker Thune, who just got married. Uh, congratulations to him and well deserved. Jake? I'm going to go sooner shout out to a guy that I must say that I, that I haven't been the nicest to over the last four or five years, uh, just as far as a fan, but a guy that deserves it a guy that's going to be a great coach, and I mean it, a great, tremendous coach, and that's Justin Broyles. Justin Broyles, just like BV said the other day, he's in his element. That's, I mean, yep. guys, he's going to be a tremendous coach. You talk about a guy that can recruit like no other, it's going to be Justin Broyles. You talk about a, guy, about a guy that's loyal, that's dedicated, that's Justin Broyles. The guy that can coach and can talk to players, it's Justin Broyles. I see him having a career like this in coaching. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the coach as well, uh, Skip Johnson. Uh, transfer portal class looked to be over. Uh, a very good class, well put together, capitalizing on everything that you needed to improve on. And then you add in Michael Snyder, a big-time power bat from Washington. Uh, Skip is just uh, – no one can recruit better than him. Uh, he's helped out a lot on the football sides of things with these uh, two-sport guys as well. Brody? My Sooner shout-out goes to two people, Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis. Enough said. Enough said. Mm, Not necessarily something. It's something that you'll for sure see. My, my shout-out, it's going to come to fruition. There you have it, guys. Uh, theme of the night, OU is on the up-and-up. Sooner Surge, we're on the up-and-up as well, but it's thanks to you guys, our subscribers, our viewers. Continue commenting, liking, and being a part of the Sooner Surge. We are 
thankful and grateful for you guys for joining us and watching our content. And let's keep it up. Until next time, guys. Boomer.